Hey guys, Veronica, Andrew, and Nate here. We are Foodies Watching Movies, a podcast dedicated to awesome movies, great food, and that's about it. Check us out on the JIC Network at www.journeyintocomics.com. Maybe throw some money over to our Patreon so we can eat this week. And now your feature presentation. What on earth is that? It's a Journey Into Comics Network production! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 60 of Poor 360. I want to thank you guys for joining us here on this late in the day show. It is the first show back in this now bi-weekly format. And we're coming with you... It won't be live, but it'll be pretty much up-to-the-minute content as we're able to give you about the March 10th Democratic primaries, as well as discussing the March 3rd Democratic primaries, or Super Tuesday... And I couldn't think of anyone else to share this experience with than the podfather himself, Nate Phillips. How are you doing today, Nate? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm here. Are you? Are you? Are you? Uh, this is super, you feeling something. It's Super Blues Day, man, for my friend. I mean, and uh, not yeah. in a good way. I, 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 I say this with all sincerity and, and love in my heart. Today, if this is the death blow for the Bernie Sanders campaign, if that is what we are witnessing, uh, we are also witnessing four more years of Donald Trump. I hate to say it, but that is absolutely what's coming. And I can can historically, documentatively prove it to you just based on the way it always, the way it always works, man. It's, 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 this is, if, if. If truly this is the end for Bernie, if there's not a, you know, oh, well, we recounted Texas, which is happening, and we can talk about that on the show, obviously, but, like, oh, we recounted Texas and we fucked up. Actually, Bernie got way more delegates and actually won that state. Our bad. Sorry we suppressed, like, over 40,000 Latino votes. That literally happened. Well, a lot of that, I mean, a lot of that wasn't on the Democratic side. That was a lot of Republican poll closing things they've been doing since the Supreme Court shot down that issue years back. And since then, they've closed a lot of polling places to make it more difficult for people in predominantly minority areas to get to polling stations. So that's not necessarily a Democratic issue, but that is a problem. And I want to know, why is that? Why are they suppressing the vote? What what do they have to gain? I, I think they were just trying to make it, a, instead of making it like a federal issue, they are just making it a state's issue. But if you have a Republican-controlled state, they're going to want to keep Republican-controlled power. So they can just choose to consolidate polling place, and they can say on the sense of making efficiency and to better use volunteers, but then they're making... We saw it um, with Super Tuesday that people were waiting in line for hours to cast a vote that really only takes a few minutes. That also happened today. Yeah, we and, saw a lot of that in Michigan specifically. Well, and North Dakota as well. And actually, I saw somebody on uh, one of my friends' groups that was saying that they uh, delivered, they had like Papa John's or Domino's or some shit deliver like 25 pizzas to one of the polling places in North Dakota, even though they were from Indiana, and tell everybody in line that, that they were from a Bernie Sanders supporter, which I thought was a sweet move. I was like, damn, that, that is nice. You're out in the fucking they, cold. It, Here's some pizza. Right. You're getting a little in the gray area because technically you're not 
even though they're not campaigning, the fact that they're doing a nice gesture, but then also saying who they're supporting can be considered um, something that's not really allowed. You can't campaign within a certain uh, yardage from the, the polling place. Yeah, That's why you always see right before you go into your polling, so you see all that signage, but the minute you pass that one threshold, they can't say anything. They can't ask who you're voting for. It's all, you're there to vote. You can wear whatever you want walking in, but you can't actively campaign for someone. Let's let me ask you a let me ask you this question. Let's you and me right now. I mean, it's your show. I'm not trying to hijack it. Yeah. How how do we how how do we solve the voting issue? Because here's what I think's happening. There's twofold. People are like, oh, people don't turn out to fucking vote, and they don't turn out to vote because voting is suppressed. Voter suppression causes less people to turn out to vote, less people to turn out to vote. Now more people feel disenfranchised. Now we have even less people voting in the general election because they feel disenfranchised from the primary vote. You see what's happening here? Right. And uh-huh. ultimately and I- the numbers go down. It's a bad thing. Right. How do we make everybody's vote ma- not only matter, but count accurately and be done swiftly? There has to be a way. Right. And, 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 I've, and I've thought about this too, and I've talked about it previously, how like how other places have, not, not quite mandatory voting, but they have a requirement to vote. Like They don't make it a choice. They make it, you have to have a pretty much a really good reason or you can be penalized for not voting. So, like I think Australia has that, that you have to, you have to vote unless you are otherwise physically unable to vote. And if you don't vote, then they can come after you and find I don't think the punishment is as enforced as it used to be. But that did make voting, uh, the amount of people actually voted, I think somewhere in like the high 80s of the population, which is pretty impressive. Ooh. I've seen people talk also, well, um, do you have any comments on that before I move on? No, I, I think wanna... that's interesting, and I think that's actually a very, very smart. I mean, you still are going to have people who are the undocumented who already aren't getting votes, so let's not even... That that's a silly right. that's a silly and, unfathomable thing that the undocumented are right. being allowed to vote, but like, and you can count like people who don't cross the toilet, like um, people that are incarcerated who, by law, can't vote. Like you can count that as part of the population that actually can't vote. Obviously, undocumented since they're not U.S. citizens and all of that, they can't vote as well. But I think anyone who's like and maybe. Well, there's also absentee for like people like serving the military or otherwise out of the country, but still are registered. Um, but I think having that option, and I know we've also seen, um, talk of trying to make it, uh, a thing you could do online, but I think that causes a lot of problems with potential of hacking people, manipulating the results. Like we saw that, um, people were able to hack into some of the, the voting stations at polling sites, not even really being online, just being kind of networked. A little bit on their end so i think that's just a dangerous thing to set up oh. as much as, as much as i think it would make it convenient people could easily vote in a minute on their phone but i think it does make it dangerous to saying like who's to say that someone's not intercepting your vote before it gets to where it needs to be like i don't think even somebody is going to like a government website to vote i think it makes it a little iffy okay so here's the thing a couple, one of a couple things, a few things need to happen. First of all, uh, every vote, every kind of major vote that happens in any government in our in our nation, 
needs to be a national holiday. Is it a primary vote? Is it a general election vote? Th- there needs to be designated well, voting holidays. Or... The only... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say just quickly. Or you extend the vote to a three-day grace period for all major cities around the world, around the United States. So you have three days to vote for that election before votes. the polling is closed. So polling is essentially open for 72 hours. Correct. And it starts. And sure, you get early results and you're like, oh, this guy's doing well. But it allows these people who are still disenfranchised, and I keep saying it, the people who today might not have got their vote cast and then see the results are going to feel really hard-pressed to want to vote a particular color in November just because the other guy is even worse. It's going to be or really just hard. voting in general. Exactly, because, like, what so, the fuck does it matter? I didn't even get to vote in the first place. Right, and I think that is something. I know they always say that if you're in line when the polls close, they have to still count your vote. They still have to process, but if you leave the line, the game over. But that doesn't mean that certain areas aren't encouraging to leave. They say, like, oh, that's it, polls close. So people are like, oh, it's over, and then they leave. I mean, there are people Some last Some people week. have been committed, and we have seen that. Um, I do agree. I think it should be a federal holiday. I think it makes sense to have, um, like, President's Day be, like, keep President's Day on the books, but make, uh, as, like, not a federal holiday, but saying, like, take, take that away from me a federal holiday, but have a designated day. And I know it gets gray in terms of primaries because everyone is a primary on a different Tuesday of the week. So I don't know if it would make sense to have the primaries all on one day. I think that would make it really interesting in terms of a candidate base because there'd be no no dropping out, no consolidation of powers, all of that. There'd be no caucus at that point if you had one general primary election day. Correct. It would make things a lot more interesting because you but it's a bound to be like the winner of all of that could end up with like, oh, he only had fifteen percent of the vote, but he had more than everyone else running who split the dip, the rest of it. So I think that's where you can end up with a problem. But I think it gets weird because you can't have, oh, these five states have this day as a federal holiday, and these six states have this day. I think it gets really weird. I think it has to be either it's a lot easier for a fed like the the general election to be a day off i've got the it. primaries where it gets hard so i think you have the primaries with what you said have that as a grace period like oh each day so it starts tuesday polls close thursday night so tuesday morning they open thursday night they close that's your period to vote and then and what i think they should do just to prevent this thing is to not have to have a media freeze on polling results until the following day. Yes. You can't announce... So polls close like Thursday at 7 p.m. local time to the person. The media can't report until like the the evening news on Friday of what the results is. Give people these... Because we saw with that first caucus how it all fell apart because they couldn't vote and no one... And it, people started releasing their own numbers and it became this big mess of a thing well and that's i, I think mean, he kept the, still the and the media question. likes to kind of latch on to a feeding frenzy when it gets all this chaotic uh nature of like we have to get the media to, we have to get the results out there we have to be the first ones to share it early projection show like it always kind of annoyed me how like two seconds after uh the polls close in illinois they usually have declared the winner of illinois it's typically the democrat it's i don't think it's been a Republican since the 80s was the last time a Republican got the state in an election 
I could be mistaken, but I feel like it's been sounds right. It's been blue for a very long mm-hmm. time. But and I know a lot of that is just like it's, they through their like algorithms they know with like this percentage of the polls uh, or this percentage of the results and this is the declared winner. Even though not every thousandth millionth vote has been counted at that point, it's just kind of a rush of judgment. And I know that's how we end up seeing kind of some craziness there. And then when you get to the whole electoral college, it just makes a bigger mess of everything. And one thing I think I, I have a question for you because I haven't seen it too much yet. Are they still doing super delegates in the Democratic Party? Yeah, that's in the, the primaries? thing. Unfortunately, that's really going to be. We, a thing. Have they? Have any of them happened yet? I'm not like, sure. I, I think a, a lot of that's towards the end, so we'll be seeing it when it, when it gets towards the convention. Yeah, you know, and that's I mean a whole other thing. Here's here's you know, I want you to look at this, man. This is the thing that's startling and troubling to me, and I want you to really dig deep and 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 be curious to yourself as to why how come Mm -hmm. of all the people who were on stage with bernie and this is important all the people who were on stage that one time had nice things to say about bernie sanders or supported his ideals or launched their own political careers based on the ideologies of bernie sanders in some regards looking at you Buttigieg. How is it that every single one systematically, one by one, in short, swift fashion, just said, oh, it's Biden, he's the one? Yeah, that is interesting. And you saw that uh, that Yang came out in support of that's, Biden as of like a half hour ago that, or something. That's exactly why I'm saying it. Andrew... Yeah, it is interesting. And I think, I, th- I think what's happening is that, and even though I don't quite understand this because I know everyone is, you can support whoever you want. But I think it's interesting that they're based on Super Tuesday, which a lot of people are just falling in line with Biden as the presumptive nominee, even though at this point we're still at what half the not even half the states have had their primaries yet. Yeah, and we're not even anywhere near that 1991 number for delegate count. Right. I mean, there's. I think as as when I looked, I think Biden was leading Sanders as currently reported by a little over a hundred delegates. Yeah, that sounds about right. And you know, said there's some of those are still in flux. There is potential to have some change there. The only thing that's, um, and I think that's interesting, that there hasn't really been too many candidates yet that have come out towards Sanders from that original pool of Democratic candidates. I mean, isn't that just disturbing in some regard? Why is everybody so I... quick to jump in line and fall in with the system? I mean... Let's look at the past. Um, let's see. Give me, um, let's see, we'll go George Bush, second term. George W. Bush, second term, right? John Kerry. John Kerry. What was John, where was John Kerry's political base? What was his, what was his politi- political views? Where was he aligned, roughly? I, I honestly couldn't tell you. He was kind of a... I don't remember him being like having much of anything, and I think it was hard... George Bush second term was fl- not really flying high. That's a bad. Uh, is it? Ooh. He had a lot of political support, given how well he handled nine eleven. Sure. Obviously, there's people that are still very much against the war, but when America was at their lowest, Bush kind of turned around. A bunch of people who didn't like him going into two thousand when he was up against Gore really saw him as very presidential the rest of the year, and people were very much against or we're very much towards keeping him 
in power. And it really, a wartime president is a hard person to lose in an election. Well, an incumbent during the during a war is hard. Sure. And, I mean, let's even look at Al Gore. Al Gore. He, okay, sure, he was saying climate change was real back then and trying to get people to understand and awaken right. to the real realities of that and we're killing our planet or whatever, but... You know the thing right. that he was the thing Gore was a Gore was a go ahead sorry I don't mean oh, sorry interjecting it's okay go ahead. I was just gonna say that you know with Gore and Kerry you know both were centrist they were in the middle mostly they were moderates they weren't really left left Democrats they weren't this craving for change you know democratic socialist bullshit I, I don't buy into that because. I, I, there's so many programs right now that people are using every single day that are socialist programs. And it's like, listen, if you don't like socialist programs, let Social Security go. Don't get Medicaid. Don't fucking go to the VA if you're a vet. Because all that shit's socialist programming, honestly. Right. Like, I, I'm, I'm fully in it. If they... Yeah, if... Uh... If our social security is not going to be used for its given purpose, then we shouldn't have it taken out and should be just given back to us. Every cent we've put in should be given back to us mm -hmm. in whole order. If it's that's not going to be a thing, we're gonna they're gonna use or they're gonna call it an entitlement and reclassify to use it for other things. But I think of it, yeah, I I agree. I think it is kind of crazy. But I will say, I think Gore was a little more left at that time than he's given kind of credit for now. He had a lot of ideas that were against the kind of the mainstream the moderate level i mean i agree with that too but ultimately and he and but i think what we're seeing now with in terms of the democratic candidates is that they are see they're the democratic party is despite the fact that it wants to be more progressive does tend to lean towards a safe choice they want to ruffle as little as possible we've seen that basically well, we saw it. We're seeing it now. We saw it in 2016. We saw it really with Obama's term because Obama was a very, a very kind of moderate. He had a lot of, could go back and forth. He was very kind of centrist in that regard. But we're seeing that um, we're dealing with someone who's on the, with a candidate that's on the far right that we're having to deal with, and you have to look into that. You think the best way to conquer someone on the far right is to conquer with someone on the far left so that there is kind of a balance there usually and that I, works right and I, i'm not i'm honestly i'm not thrilled with either candidate that's leading on the democratic side right now i really don't think there should be a nearly 80 year old person running for president i think i don't know i i'm just not a fan Okay, so of, in a perfect I, world, I, I, who was your guy? Who was your gal? Who was your uh, who was your choice? I honestly was probably going to vote for Warren if she was still in. I think she was a kind of a not really. She was the best of both candidates. Yes, she had her own baggage to deal with, like all the candidates running now. But I think she was someone I think that could appeal to both the the far left and the centrist group as someone and i think and that she was someone that was more in a a more mindful a more strength of mind set right there in the middle i know she probably would have had a hard time against trump because trump's already gone after countless times but that's kind of where i was feeling going into this 
And since she's dropped out, I know she hasn't thrown her support behind either candidate, and she said she won't. She has no interest to, and she doesn't owe it to either candidate to support them. I'm glad she hasn't just fallen in line behind Biden. It would be nice if she would go towards Bernie because they do align a lot. If you look at kind of their 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 views on a lot of the important topics. Well, for, yeah, some, I think that's some former uh, Warren staffers today came out as uh, 35 of them supporting Bernie Sanders. I mean, 35 of the closest of Liz Warren's people coming out in support of Bernie, I think, is a huge statement. Uh, that that is very good. I I do I do appreciate that that they're able to that their loyalty is who they think is the best for the country that they or the person they were supporting. And I think yes that Warren is definitely a lot closer to Bernie Sanders' viewpoints with still having some moderate leanings. Yeah. Now I and. Go ahead. And I don't know what her plan is, if she's trying to hold out for a part of a ticket. And I really think at this point, both of them need to announce VP picks. I think we need to see who is next in line. Because honestly, with two men that are going to turn 80 during their first term, I need to know what could happen. We've seen, and I know we're gonna, we we're probably going to talk about it later, that... Uh, Biden is prone to some mental lapses. We've also seen that Bernie Sanders recently had a heart episode that could recur. We don't know, but they're both not as fit as they were 20 years ago. Sure, sure. So I think we do need to see who their second man, who's the person who's going to carry their flag if they do succumb in office. Or if they have to step down because then they end up being not fit for office. Right. Uh, so now let, let's talk about that. The VP thing is big, and I agree with you. We need to see who's next in line. Uh, I think that, uh, and I talked to you about this off air in a text, I think that someone like Nina Turner or Stacey Abrams is a home run for Bernie. It will really pull right. the African-American vote even more in his direction, which he desperately is in need of right now. Because that's really, right, that where, that's that really has, where Biden is. He has been hurting him. Yeah. Yes. I think Biden is still seen as um, someone. You saw him with eight years with Obama. That they're 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 clinging to that. He's not shying away from that either. So, and that's something Bernie is struggling with the, the African American vote. So that that is something that he needs. So I think, yes, I think. Um, either a person of color or a, or a female candidate will definitely help either of them. I think they need, and it, it's typically always how it happens. You get come someone very, even though the, someone that's very different from you as a person, but po like politically viewpoint wise are pretty much on your side. And we saw, um, I know Harris came out uh, in support of uh biden i think she would make a strong candidate on his side a strong vp yeah but she was also um, out there torching his ass and talking shit on how terrible his policy was so it makes sense right. of that why is she how are you gonna go into the debates it just shows how two-faced a lot of these and i'm and, and you're gonna hear me use i mean in a lot of ways these democrats because i'm stop i'm starting to not really identify with that party so much right now if that's the path we're taking where you can shit on somebody, question their record, mad trash them, 
And then the minute that they need you to consolidate, you just fall in line because you hope for a job in their cabinet or whatever it is. I think that's, well, I mean, it's really, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that's necessarily two-faced, but it's good. We saw, we saw Bernie do that with Hillary in 2016 and then support her when she became the nominee. So I think people are just, they have different viewpoints. They have different facets. And when they, they're looking to form a unified party is what they're, it's kind of their position they're put in. They're seeing that, they're seeing the writing on the wall or how things are moving, despite it not being exactly what we want. And they're saying that this, they're trying to see themselves being on the, that's not, that's a bad word choice. I was going to say the right side of history, but that's not 100% accurate. Totally. But they're 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 seeing they're seeing what's happening and they're trying just to put us on they're trying to prevent any more divisiveness than there needs to be. Cause because let's say what we what instead of what we're seeing now, let's say if we saw the amount of supporters that have come out for Bernie or not for Bernie, for Biden in the past two weeks, if we saw a fifty fifty split between both of them, would that make decisions for people going into the races easier or more difficult mm. Ooh, I... like I, I know it's not the, i know it's not the direction you want but say like if we're seeing the same results that we're seeing now in terms of people like which i think yes if people came out differently we would see some adjustment there but i think if, if we go in so divided going into the rest of this primary process we have a problem. I know it's not moving in the way we would necessarily want. And I, and as much as I like everything that Bernie stands for, I have a hard time seeing the amount that he wants done accomplished in four years. I think he can set the ball rolling, but I think in terms of start to finish completion, we're not going to see a lot of those campaign promises happen. So that's why I really want to see a strong VB candidate that could carry that, who could... Because I don't think either of these two guys, even if they get elected, having a second term. We've talked about this before, that I think anyone running, Trump, Biden, Bernie, those guys aren't... Well, obviously Trump can't go past 2024 as much as he likes to joke about it. But I, I think there's we're going to have a new president in, in 2024 regardless. Well, yeah, no, I mean, that's that's vivacious, and I get that and all. Uh, it's just, uh, here's the thing, man. The amount of damage that's being done to our country right now is slowly insurmountable, especially when you have the ideologies that climate change doesn't exist being repealed. You have something called the coronavirus being described by our president as a hoax. And I have a really funny uh, train of thought on that opinion, which I'm sure we'll get into later. But like the the second part of what I was going to say is that you know, the big thing is the VP picks, but the other thing that I think is going to really solidify, even, even this is not, this race for Bernie is not a hundred percent over. Is, is it in dire, right. is it in dire straits? Oh yeah, totally. It's not looking good. Uh, projected. He's probably going to win Washington. He's probably going to win North Dakota. Those are big wins for him. He's not mm-hmm. going to, you know, he's not winning Michigan though. At, at this point, it doesn't look like it. He's not probably going to win Idaho right. as they as the polls are closing. So like, okay, sure, sure. So to, this is the bad one, but it's not over yet. The other thing is, before the next vote, there's going to be a debate. Yeah, I cannot wait. And this debate is going to be, honestly, dude, this could be the most historic debate in our nation's history. And let me explain why. 
one. It really is going to set the tone for Bernie, Biden, head-to-head, one-on-one, A, B, and C, what are your policies, how do you feel, and, and can you even stand here and debate and, and keep up? Are you even fit right. to be doing this? Which is a real question for, for Joe Biden, honestly. But uh, Right, and I think this this is the debate I've been waiting for. When you have eight people or more on stage, it's just a bunch of people talking over each other. You're not getting into substance. You're getting people talking for 30 seconds. Especially that last two one guys, where they were just filibustering the shit out of each other. Oh my gosh. And, I don't know, I, I'm just, I'm getting, I'm getting to a point where I'm just, I'm getting sick of it. I know it's just because I feel like it's been dragging on for a while, but now we're actually getting into where it matters. We're getting it down to two candidates who have a lot of avid support behind them, a lot of fervor. They both really want to win. And I think we're going to get them to really, now they're going to be, there's no other person to bounce off of. They just have one person that they're going to be, I don't. I don't think Tulsi Gabbard is going to be involved. I don't know what she's doing. I know that she Bernie wants her and... to be involved. I know Bernie said, like, if she's still in it, she needs to be on the stage. And I think that's crazy that she's not going to be. Um, right. But I don't I, think, I think she needs to be in the race is really the reality. No. And I think, yeah, if she is a she is still in the race, she is the presumptive third place person by default. Yeah, sure. But... What does that really say about you, though? Right, but if she's, it's just like, it's like saying I, I decided to throw my name in the hat and I was pulling at negative 4%, but I choose not to drop out and everyone else above me drops out. Does that make me the best person? No. Does that make me, like, it just seems obnoxious. It really is. But, but the thing and, that makes this, this, this debate really interesting, and I don't know if you heard this yet, there will be no audience. Because of the coronavirus? Because of the coronavirus. There will literally be no audience. It will be the moderators, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, and their teams in the back. And it will be as real. That's why I say it's going to be most likely the most. I kind of love it. I I do, too. It's going to be very reminiscent of that that debate that we saw with uh, Nixon and Kennedy when it was like the first televised debate. And it was very... There wasn't a lot of fanfare around it. It was just the first thing. There was just two guys on screen, and that was like you're gonna have. You're not gonna get cheers and boos and reactions from a crowd. You're gonna get them in practically silence talking to each other. It's gonna be three people essentially conversing. It's gonna be very tense. That's that that one. I'm I'm ready for, and it's really gonna show if because this is gonna be the first trial really for either of them in a debate. With Donald Trump, because this is where they got to show that they can that they can withstand Trump's tactics, and we're seeing. I'm really surprised the not the support, but the fact that Bernie seems to be getting a lot of interest from Trump in terms. I don't know if Trump's just trying to further sow the divide, saying that uh, the Democratic Party's doing uh, Bernie dirty by through what they're doing or if he's just trying to I I really don't know what his game plan is well I have a thought on that and I'm going to go down a deep dark path of conspiracy and I don't want to play into that but I felt it was interesting to you know like what is the end goal in all of this and I'm going to say some weird shit right now and it's not necessarily how I really feel 
this is me playing kind of a devil's advocate so that we can bounce thoughts off each other. So Joe Biden is winning a lot of states right now, all of a sudden. Now, Mm -hmm. if you look at right before South Carolina, he was a almost lock to drop out of the race. As in no shot. There's no chance for him, no path to a presidency. Right. Then all of a sudden he he was. Yeah, I mean, he was he was polling fifth and sixth and doing terribly in states like Iowa and, you know, New Hampshire and whatnot and Nevada. And. Okay, so then all of a sudden he wins South Carolina soundly. Then Super Tuesday mm-hmm. comes, and shockingly, I mean, even people on TV are like, Joe Biden's winning? What? Like, he's taking this right. crazy sweep of the South? What's going on here? He's even winning Texas? What? That's strange. But then there's some really, really interesting inconsistencies. Polling that doesn't add up numbers and exit polls that don't quite solidify and make sense. Before all of this happened, there was another thing that happened that coincided with South Carolina. And right before South Carolina, it was found that Russia was trying to help Bernie Sanders win the election. You do recall? Yes, I do. I do remember that that was that Putin seemed to like that came or saw it or I think in his words saw that he was the the person most likely to lose to Trump. In the election. So they wanted to prop him up to give Trump, in their minds, an easier pin to knock down. Okay, well, that that's, I mean, that's a nice theory, but they know Bernie. Bernie's an honest bird. He's going to fly straight. So he does what he needs to do to help their plan go further. And I'm going to go again down the seat of crazy conspiracy, but follow <laughs> me here because in this world, I believe <laughs> anything is possible. So... Mm-hmm. Bernie denounces Russia. He says, I don't, Putin, I don't want your help. If I become president, the last thing I'll be doing is getting your damn help and and all this stuff. Right. And then right after that, all of a sudden, Joe Biden starts winning real big. So what if, follow me here, Russia, Putin, decide they're going to help Joe Biden now win the Democratic nomination. But this has a different endgame, ulterior motive. It's dark, bro. This is a dark path, but I'm taking you in it. So the motive is this. There are discrepancies, and, we talk, and we're going to talk about it again. Dallas and Dallas counties and certain areas in Texas are doing a full recount of, of 44 different sectors or uh, uh, wards or whatever you'll call them. Because votes were miscounted, people's votes were not calculated at all. There were thumb drives with thousands of votes left off untallied. So all this weirdness, Joe Biden has this big sweep. He sweeps even more. He shockingly tonight wins Michigan where it was a almost lock that Bernie was going to win. We did win it in 2016, an upset to Hillary. True. Okay. So all those things, Biden becomes the nominee. Right now, you have a really, really, really strange dark path because you've got a House that can only do so much, but a Senate that has some power that is untouched. And the Senate is controlled by the Republicans, and Trump is a Republican, and Trump is in their pocket, and he's putting money in their pockets. So where am I going with this? Well, here's where I'm going with this. The Russians help Biden win. Trump 
because he gets a hunch or a, a tip, if you will, decides to look in because he could technically do this. I'm going to look in to the Democratic primaries and I'm going to see if Joe Biden cheated. And he could come out and say, hey, Joe Biden cheated. And you know what? I don't want to go up against a cheater. And you know what? Because it's so close to election time and the Democrats don't have anybody. I don't I think I don't think it's fair to have an election at all. We're not going to have an election this year, you guys. We're going to do something else. We're not doing anything because I'm I'm Trump and this is how we can make it happen. Because, see, Joe Biden is already the enemy of the Republican base. He already they already sowed that seed with the whole Ukraine scandal and with the Republicans letting Trump off for all the things he did in that. It makes Joe Biden now to them look even more culpable and even more like the bad guy. So how do you clear Trump's name, make him look like a savior, hurt Biden, and keep Trump in power? You have, you have the Russians help Biden get the nomination so that Trump can disavow it, create chaos, and then hold on to his presidency for longer. And I'm unfortunately afraid that that might be what's happening. I don't know. I think that sounds like a... I don't want to say convenient narrative, but it seems like... It seems to be something... I don't know. I, I don't know if I can get behind that. It seems like... It seems more like a political thriller than what's actually happening. I mean, I want we I want to understand how, how, how Biden went from not polling well at all to all of a sudden he's leading the nation in votes come on man i'm not stupid bernie had 45 million dollars in campaign contributions in february alone okay i i i i I see your points here but we saw basically how biden was doing up until south carolina miserable south carolina yes south carolina had a large there's a large african-american population that Biden does well with. That's what oh, they've told so us. So when Biden locked up South Carolina, we saw that there was a lot of shift. We saw a lot of people drop out of the race and put their support behind him. There could have been backroom dealings in terms of Biden making concessions like, if you support me here, when people started seeing their favorite candidate drop out and support their guy, they're like, okay, maybe that's the person I should vote for. So that's how you get to Super Tuesday. Now we're just seeing them going towards the likely candidate, not the candidate they're supporting. I see that as more of a likely situation than a deep conspiracy theory, which I know is it's it's a conspiracy theory. There's probably grains of truth in there somewhere. Okay. But I think the more likely is that people just are aligning with the likely candidate, not necessarily the candidate they think is best to move us forward. Okay, and then let, let, let me look at this right now. I, I need to understand this because this in my brain meets doesn't work because I know people and I know in four years, in four years you couldn't take roughly the million and a half people in Michigan that voted today, okay, and that voted in 2016. I want you to take a look at 2016. I want you to look at now. 2016, 95% of the counties were Bernie Sanders counties. He he won in a very, very strong fashion. I just looked at Michigan, and right now, according to this, Michigan is 52%, but 85% of the map is Biden blue. Really? That big a change? People change their opinions that hard on Bernie, and he's getting all these donations? Well, Things aren't adding up. This is why 
I unfortunately, and I'm going to just be real, I unfortunately can see how Trump got supporters in 2016 off of Bernie because they looked at the establishment, fuck Bernie, and went, wait, Trump is actually right in what he's saying, even though his policies aren't accurate. And we didn't, obviously, they didn't know that at the time. I didn't vote for the fucking guy. But right. my point being is this seems off mathematically like in my brain it does not compute you know what i'm saying well, when every when even cnn is like oh bernie's probably going to win michigan that's i mean it's it's a likelihood that that's probably going to happen and all this stuff and then it just is right. completely it, the opposite come on yeah it it is a surprise and i do think it's possible that people could have more disliked hillary than necessarily supported bernie in 2016 Okay. We saw a lot of that. A lot of people did not like Hillary in 2016 on the de- in the Democratic side. Okay, and I can vibe that. Also, I want to mention that right now, you know, Biden having a, uh, let's see, the count is 132. He has a 132 delegate lead, okay? Okay. There are still almost 200 delegates unaccounted for coming out of California. There's the contested uh, drama happening in Iowa where votes are still being recounted even though Pete Buttigieg is out. It could be possible that that flips a couple points. We've got Texas that of the 228 delegates, let's see here if I math, that's 213, 23, that's 228. So all the delegates have been accounted for. However, as I said, there's a large number of votes that didn't get counted and they're, they're going back through that. Those delegate numbers could change uh you know some of the other states probably not likely to change we we're gonna see most likely well right now bernie and biden are essentially tied in washington state which is interesting i'm just seeing um with very very little separating them uh idaho going to biden surprisingly after he called it iowa north dakota going to sanders as of right now um we're like I said, we're still a far, far, long, long, long way out from the end of this. Although this was not necessarily a good night for one Bernie Sanders, right? And I do think, I think the way the it's looking right now, I don't think either of them are going to have the threshold needed to secure the nomination prior to the convention. So we're going to go to a contested all... convention. Yep, and I and I and we could even see that neither of them get the nomination. We could see someone come out and try and try and play the game. You could see, well, I don't think Warren would be the one to, but you could see one of the previous candidates that have dropped out or someone else altogether could try and try and take over the convention and become the nominee. I mean, it's straight out of like political drama, but it's it's possible. I really think it is too. Could see I... Hillary even try and make a play for the nominee again. But I, I don't. I think her time with that is done. Honestly, I think it is too. Uh, I will say, all in all, at least with okay now with Bernie, I don't know if saying his VP pick is a closeted way to install someone else into the White House that maybe America wouldn't have initially voted for. I will say Biden's VP pick. I can almost guarantee you, if Joe Biden does end up becoming president, he will not make it through his term in office just because the amount of bizarre crazy strange senile things he's doing he's not well mentally man i mean i'm not i'm not trying to dog the guy it's just like 
you're supposed right. to be running and for I, president and you should have a clear mind. And if you can't have a clear mind in the small stuff, how are you going to have a clear mind against Donald Trump? And if you can't have a clear mind against well, Donald I, Trump, how the fuck are we going to beat him? I mean, I think he does have a clearer mind than Donald Trump, all things considered. Okay, okay, I vibe you there. I, I mean, and obviously he doesn't say things like, um, you know, just using the word big 36 times in a sentence, you know. Right, um, I don't big improvements the biggest improvements the best improvements and also some tiny improvements little improvements small improvements the littlest right. improvements I, I would i would just be up for a president that doesn't use twitter as much okay sure yeah fine i mean kind of blame barack for using being the first to use twitter no offense like right. i like i like president obama in a lot of ways although i don't agree with everything he did um right at, le- at least the bright side is the potus twitter account is for the most part unused because donald trump prefers his own because it's his own ego yeah, but that's, 100%. that's beside the point. So let's talk about electability and Joe Biden and his frame of mind. You know, I said the thing about mistaking Idaho for Iowa. He really did that at a Boise fundraiser. He was supposed to speak for over 30 minutes at this fundraiser. He came out. He immediately called it Iowa. He was all screwed up. People didn't really get what he was like. He wasn't. They, they were trying to make jokes. He looked at his wife and said, I meant Iowa, Ohio is what he says. And then they pulled him off stage after four minutes. So well, you don't you do know that he does suffer from a speech impediment that stemmed from a childhood stutter that does cause some similar sounding words to kind of get jumbled. I mean, sure, that's fine, and and I don't and I'm not dogging on the guy if that's the case. I'm just saying, if you're in a place, you should know the place I, I, you're I, in. Right. Well. And it might just be because I've watched way too much West Wing. But during elections, especially primaries where you're up for a lot of states, you're on a plane jetting back and forth state to state in the, over the course of a day. You could just be a little jet lagged and turned around and not exactly sure where you are the moment you step off the plane. Okay. So then let's... Uh, let's... Like, and I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to defend him. I'm just saying... You're playing devil's advocate. I got you. I understand. I know. I, I'm just trying to say, like, everyone is prone to slips of the tongue. Biden, unfortunately, aren't playing well because of their frequency. And we're seeing a lot of the same thing we saw in 2016 when they were kind of playing up uh, Hillary's fitness problems. We saw like that video of her like getting like essentially picked up and slid into a van and her uh, issues with like balance and just overall stuff with that. Yeah. So I don't know if they're just trying to play up the unfitness of a candidate just so they could, I don't know, just for political points there. And, and I like one thing that had me watch right before we got started was, um, Biden confronting a person, which he's done multiple times on the campaign trail so far. And I don't know if it's just, it's not like he's, I don't know. When I, when I watched, I could see he doesn't want his words misconstrued as what, it seems like the the extent, but it does, the way it does sound, he does talk like he is yelling, like, right in their face. Which doesn't play well when you watch it as a video. But I'm sure at the moment he's just trying to say, like, you're putting words on my mouth. I'm not saying this. I'm trying to say that I'm, for this, I never said I'm taking away your guns. I'm just saying you don't need 100 rounds of ammunition. Yeah, that video, uh, man, uh, so that, that was the big hot thing today, talking to union workers, calling them full of shit. I think the thing that, you know, and I don't know if you saw this at the end, though, 
the thing that was more disturbing to me than anything is not that he said that it was the, there was the argument. It's a, it's two things. One of his campaign staffers, who's a female, says, okay, let's go. And he goes, no, shush, shush. He tells a woman, shush, like, disrespectfully. Like, she's a woman. Don't, like, you don't have to well, be like that. Like, I get you're running for president, but you can just say, let me well, say my thought. You don't have to shush her like her thoughts don't matter, you know? Well, I don't think it was, I don't think it was seeing her as a woman. I think it was just seeing her as a staffer. Okay, now hold on, because there's another thing. Towards the end of that video, and I don't know if you catch it, he told the dude, do you want to step outside? I'm about to slap you in the face. That is not something the fucking president or someone who's running for president should say to a citizen of America. Like, do you see the... Yeah. the just, it does It just... That's not the way to get around Trump, man. It's, well, it's, it's playing his game more than anything because Trump says stuff like that all the time. Correct. And it just looks bad. It, it doesn't look becoming of a president. If I wanted a president who was an asshole to everybody, I'd elect Donald Trump again. But do you think this behavior could be seen as a positive for people who liked Trump's behavior but don't necessarily align with his views? I mean... Do you see, like, the people who say, like, oh, if someone was in my face talking about that, I would say that stuff back to them. The same reason people voted for Trump for that same reason. They saw him as speaking his mind, not backing down from a fight. Do you think, as much as I don't think this is actually, like, a political move that Biden is playing, we can see that they're like, oh, he's standing up for his convictions, he's not letting about it. He's being blunt, which we've seen has played well. We've seen that Donald Trump's been playing that card for four years now. Well, three years. Well, four years kind of in the election. Yeah, totally. Uh, I don't know. I, I I agree. I think the presence, you know, the president should be above that. But we've since 2016, we've seen that being presidential can now mean just about anything. And I don't know if we can actually ever go back to the way it was before. I well, and it sucks, and I hate it. But. Everything that we assumed couldn't be done by the president, behavior, actions, all of that, Trump has just knocked that over and done ten times that. Or to a to a magnitude of that. So, I don't know if the presidency can rebound from this. And maybe they're seeing Biden as a return to form because they look at him and they see another Obama term. Even though that's not what we're going to get. But they see a return to what it was before 2016. I mean, I vibe that. I, and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I can see, like, when 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 Biden announced his candidacy, he became not quite the presumptive nominee, but people thought it, it, he would be he would be the guy going even like when it was a crowded field. I mean, it's the re, like if Biden would have came out in 2016 when he chose not to do it because everything that happened with his son. He probably would have stole the show from Hillary. We would have seen what we're seeing now, but in 2016. Well, he would have been a more sound mind, too. Right. Right. But I think I think we would have seen this, not this necessarily this exact same scenario, but I think we would have seen Biden, Bernie in 2016. And in that, in that situation, I think Biden does have the, the stronger hand of winning in 2016. In 2016. If you have a four years younger Biden who was fresh off of eight years with Obama, 
you would have had a much stronger coalition of people behind him. The f- mental fitness wouldn't have been as much of an issue. And I don't know if all the baggage that Hillary brought in, I don't think would have been as a factor as it was. We may have saw Biden win in 2016. Possibly. We'll, we'll never know. Uh, I... The same reason, like, we don't... We don't know what situation it would be if, like, if Gore actually had won in in 2000 or if Kerry or McCain or any of them would have actually won at the time. Because if any of the, if any of the dice change how they flipped, if any of those candidates would have shipped, it would have offset who became president next. Trump wouldn't have been president if Al Gore got elected because there would have been a different Republican running instead of Bush. It could have been Bush again. We don't know. Like, so many things can change based on one outcome of one election. Yeah, and it's all it's all cyclical. We're going to get a bigger... You know, like, here's the truth, man. This is the last time you're going to see the Democratic Party as it is. Because if, if Biden's up with the nomination and if there's shenanigans and if there's questions and, and, and it doesn't really seem like it's the right play, the Democratic Party's going to tear itself in half. And it's going to fracture permanently. Not just like a, oh, ha-ha. It's going to be like, oh, you fucked us twice. We're tired of it. I'm not saying me personally. I'm just like using a generalization because I kind of pick up the vibes, the way people talk on the internet, you know. Um, Right. The thing is, is that all in all, uh we might not have to survive four more years of Trump if things go the way I think they might go and we get the most hilarious moment and the universe being, um, what's that word? So choice and karmic. Yes, that's the word, karma. Karmic retribution. Karmic retribution. Let's talk about karmic retribution, AP. So Okay. Does Trump die of coronavirus? God damn it, you dead on. Exactly, exactly my thought. Because his chief of staff is currently self-quarantined because he came into contact with people and he's Trump's chief of staff, so presumably Trump's also been around the same stuff. He flew with... And he's ignoring all the safeguards and all of that. He's just... He flew with... It's just the flu. He flew with Doug Collins and Matt Gates, both who came into contact with someone who had the coronavirus, both who have self-quarantined for 14 days, and they at least have some semblance of well-being. Trump said that he doesn't even need to be tested for coronavirus, and I'm like, oh shit, wouldn't that be fucking hilarious? What happened? They found him. He was dead in the Oval Office. What happened? He he, he had the fucking flu, the coronavirus, and just like his grandpa, he died of the flu. Did you know that Trump's grandpa died of the flu, and Trump said live on national television, I didn't know people could die of the flu. I wasn't aware. Oh, man. Your grandpa not died that, of the flu, bro. Rooting, I mean, not that I'm rooting for Trump's death, but that would be an interesting turn of events. I'm just saying it would be the most hilarious, just isn't it ironic? It would just be so ironic. That That's exactly what it would be. Poetic well, justice, is, as it were. Right. And if you look at his overall health, uh, coronavirus is more susceptible to people over a certain age. More susceptible to people of a certain, like, if you're not an overall healthy person, it can do a lot more damage to you. We don't know his cardiovascular health. It's probably not great. And if you have... Right from the looks of him. And if you have respiratory health. His extent of his workout routine is swinging a golf club and riding in a golf cart. So, we know he's not the healthiest guy, so that could really do some damage on him. And he is 
in his mid-70s. He is the youngest presidential candidate in this election right now, which is scary. Shocking, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um... But yeah, I still... That would be interesting. Almost like when, uh... When George Bush almost died from choking on a pretzel watching a football game. Oh, shit. I forgot all about that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, right now, with 68% of the vote in Washington, Bernie has retaken the lead. Oh, nice. So it's, uh, it's, it's a one-tenth of a percentage differential right now. But it is a very tight right. race as we die. I'm just trying to keep it as up to the minute during the show that we're here together. Definitely. Definitely. Um, Thank you for that. So, yeah, we still have 3% remaining, so... It could still fluctuate. Hopefully it firms up a lead. I think Bernie does need... He needs Washington. He needs every every other state he can get today. He needs it. Absolutely. Like, honestly, I think if he didn't get California by the margin he did, we'd be having a very different conversation right now because that would be really hurting him on a, on a level. He'd probably be contesting a lot more than he is, just like Texas and the rest. But, yeah, California very much supports him and that's the biggest state <laughs> so yeah i'm what was the other shakes out and i know i get the opportunity to vote next week i don't know if everyone else is on the ballot i don't know how early they print ballots in illinois it could still be every democratic candidate that could have been on the ballot that's to be on there yeah. and i wonder how many people actually who don't pay attention like could people in Illinois technically vote for Pete Buttigieg next week? Like, I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't sure, if... technically. But I don't think it would count for a stack of beans, you know? Right. And I, I, I really don't know. Because, like, the delegates that, like, Buttigieg won and uh, Elizabeth Warren won and Amy Klobuchar won, where did those just stay there? Or do they go to, like, the next highest? That's one thing I don't know. Is like, I feel like once the person drops out... The person who was just behind them, who would have won those delegates if they weren't around, should get those delegates. And I don't think they do. Yeah, they just—I think they just go into essentially purgatory. It's like all the people who voted early and then their candidate they voted for dropped out. It feels like they didn't get the chance to vote, which I think sucks. Yeah, it, it, I almost it, wish it disenfranchises them yet again. I'm gonna use that word again. Right. The disenfranchised remember, voter. Was, there has to be a better way. Right, because like one of my friends, he voted. He was in North Carolina, he voted for Klobuchar, and she dropped out right before Super Tuesday. So his vote, essentially, I mean, all, obviously, the, like I said in my Facebook post today, that beyond the presidency, voting for the rest of the ballot, not just hitting the top box and moving on, voting for all the referendums, the state, local, county elections, all will definitely affect you more personally than, than the presidential election. You gotta look at how the state and local governments are spending the money that you're bringing in and all of that. So I'm in a state where they like to take all of our tax money and do stupid stuff with. So I definitely like to make sure the people in charge aren't crazy. But you have legal weed. Eh, that's something that you, that's, that's something. <laughs> I mean, it is just being real. It's, it's, it's nice, but I still haven't, the, every time I go there, the, the line is like down the block. So it's like, ah, fine. I'll wait. Interesting. The de- the whole line thing, man. I just uh, Illinois is being st- kind of stingy and I weird. Just put a drive through in. That... I mean, what I think. Well, it's because there's so. I think because they're, and I I've, I've been kind of following it around here, and not to tangent too much, but how the individual counties have to approve 
the opening of dispensaries and certain like cities and counties are like, oh, we don't want those in our county. So then they have to go. Luckily, like the city I live in is totally okay with it. There's only one shop that does have the license in the city. I think there's plans for one or two more to open. So that will that will help. But right now there's just one in the in a general radius. So that's why it's always busy. And the funny thing is there's a cop directing traffic to it, which I always find amusing. Yeah. See? When they take the uh when they take the stigma out of it being like a thing, it doesn't become a thing. It's just like Right. You know, it's like fucking people that go to the liquor store. Fucking The one thing that's interesting though is that like the you still can't smoke while driving in Illinois. You can't smoke in public. Or you can't smoke in public places, I think it's kinda weird. It basically means like you can have it on you, and you can smoke in your own home, but beyond that. So it's like what most people do now anyway, or did before. But now it's if you get caught, you're not as, you're not going to get in trouble. Yeah, and I mean, I, you know, in California, people literally walk down the street smoking joints. That is interesting. I think, could they do that in Denver, too? I know I was in Denver. You know what's crazy? No. I never, like, saw it. Denver is a little bit more sketchy. Honestly, they are not as cool about stuff. You have to kind of do it in the privacy of your own spot. You can't, uh, you know, you got to adhere to all their rules. You know, it's interesting, though. We had an Uber driver. He was definitely smoking weed while he was driving, and I didn't fucking mind. I'm like, bro, if that keeps your nerves Dude, down, uh-huh. I'm okay with it. Like, there are people who are functioning like that. that they can handle it. It's not... It's not the same for everybody. Like, I get it. Like, AP smokes a joint. He's on the fucking floor for, like, 16 hours. It's not the same as if Nate does that. Like, I'm not going to be on the floor. I'm going to be like, let's go fucking make a painting and, and drive to Florida for right. a, a quick right. fucking vacation. It's how, right. It's how people process it all differently and people who have are used to it and people who aren't. Like, if I smoked the, the same amount that you did in one setting, I would probably die. I mean, you not, would not you, die, but I would be useless. You would be useless. You wouldn't die. I can, I can assure you that. Well, I don't, I don't think you would die, but I would be, I would be like, not quite kind of talk, but I would just be. I don't, I don't even know. But of course, I, I don't know if I necessarily want to find out. But I but, uh, but see, but it's just because you're you're used to it. You're a high functioning when you when you're when you use because it stimulates your creativity. It makes you more yourself. I think. It, it, it allows me to take away things, uh, deficiencies that I've had my whole life, like my, you know, like you probably wouldn't notice as much, but like when you knew me in 2008 versus me now, like that me had really high anxiety all the time and it was a stress to talk to people and it was a stress to meet people and I might have seemed like a social butterfly, but I was still panicked on the inside at all times about it. Now I'm just like, oh, it's fucking cool. We'll have people over. It'll be great. Have cocktails and I'll make dinner, you know. But like, uh, you know, you said you, you you might not be able to smoke the same as as me, and you would be on the floor or whatever. But like, it would just depend on the strain. Like, you could smoke something that is uh, a sativa that's really brain chattery that gets your thoughts organized in a way you didn't realize, and you're like, I'm gonna go redo the whole backyard for some reason. You just decide. You're like, I don't care if it's fucking 16 degrees outside. I'm going out there to do it. I've just got the itch. It just hit me, you know? 
Right. And then, of course, there could be other times where I'm like, here's this indica, and you smoke it, and you are, you know, on the floor for 16 hours, and you're like, I feel so melted and good. My pains are all gone. And I'm like, yes, your pains are all gone, you know? I had a friend. I'm not going right. to mention this friend's name on air. I'll mention it to you off air, but uh, he smoked with us for the first time, and it was for the first time for him in 10 years, and it was for him the first time in five years he didn't have any pains in his hands he almost cried in front of me and a few other people and it almost made me cry because i just saw the the um the relief wave of 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 what that um that plant can do for people and that's why i've become kind of like an advocate for it and stuff because it's not necessarily like oh let's get high man and fucking float in the stars bro like i just want people to feel okay Right. I definitely think that we need to get rid of the stigmatism that it is a stoner drug. It There are so many good health benefits to it. It gets people off the, the heavy-duty prescriptions and all the stuff that is more just a... In one way, just fixing the side effects of the previous medicine, not actually helping the root problem. Exactly. Like, and I, I know there's people who probably... Uh, not necessarily abuse it, but there's people who are only doing it just for stupid reasons but i think there's so much good and i think it should be federal legally and i think everyone who's in jail for minor things should be released immediately i think the fact that there are people that are still in jail for carrying 20 years ago is ridiculous and for a smaller did you i saw this the other day and and we're totally tangenting on poor 360 and i love it but like uh there was a chart and it had total arrests in America for cannabis in 2019 mm-hmm. versus total arrests in Indiana in 2019. Have you seen this? I have not. It, uh, do you have it handy? Can you pop it over on the on the message? Yeah, I'm gonna just keep keep a uh, brief in here. I'm gonna go to the uh, yeah normal page here. Well, yeah, while you're looking that up, I, I, uh, I stumbled across a meme, which I think you'll get a kick out of. It shows, like, this, uh, kind of this very, like, every, every man white dude, like, glasses, shirt, and tie. He's holding a joint with Joe Biden's head on it and says, bro, this is a different strain of status quo pragmatism, bro. This isn't, like, 2000, 2004, 2016. Bro, this is different. Please, bro, just try it. It'll work this time. I don't know if it will. Okay, so, yeah. Uh, today, Indiana's incarceration rates oh, Jesus. stand out internationally. Okay? This is for cannabis-related... Uh, f- Wait, are you telling me that there were more arrests in Indiana, or incarceration in Indiana for weed than there was in the whole United States and every other major country in the world? I'm telling you that, bro. I really am. And what the hell? <laughs> What is what is Indiana doing? Profiteering off of uh, all the states around them. Can we get rid of for-profit prisons too while we're at it? Thank you. Can that be a thing? Is anyone is anyone is anyone running on getting rid of for-profit prisons? Bernie. Is Bernie is is it a thing? Is it just something you said, or is it like a big it's platform? Literally a platform. Part of his thing is to get rid of all for-profit prisons because. Again, you profit off someone's demise. Exactly, and we need to not be putting people. Listen, okay, okay, and 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 I'm gonna say this: if somebody does something foolish once, like let's say they steal a car once, and they get 15 years in prison, 
I don't think they should get 15 years okay. in prison. I think they should get three years of rehabilitation. Oh, yeah. And three years of rehabilitation versus 15 years of prison is a lot cheaper on the taxpayer pocket, as it were. Less meals to pay for, as it were. Now, I, I, I understand you still have your high violent offenders, your murderers, your rapists, things of that nature that still need to have maximum security prisons and stuff. But those people should not be put in prison and then there be a monetary value on their existence in that prison. Right. They, they should, again, be there to be rehabilitated to some degree, but not as a number that's making the state money or the, the right. you know, prison money. It shouldn't be like freaking Shawshank Redemption where the guy's just hiring out prison labor to line his own pockets. Uh, but yeah, I, there's a whole thing on criminal justice reform on Bernie Sanders' website. Definitely if you're, if you're, basically for both candidates, definitely check out their websites and you can get all their policy things. If you, you don't think they have it, like I didn't know Bernie had a strong stance because it's not a flashy... Uh, campaign point but it is something that is always good to look into and definitely some to check out does it is it interesting to you that I, I don't want to tangent too much away from this please do how i feel like in elections in, in really in the 2000s that they've gotten away from candidates using their candidates no longer just use their last name for campaigning on like branding so to speak that they're we saw we saw a lot in 2016 that or it's not 2016 in 2020 like bernie obviously uses his first name we saw like pete use his first name amy's first name joe biden kind of went back and forth he had like two like one that says joe and one that says biden and they have the same kind of e with the flag in it uh um and then we really, but then like bloomberg kept like it's really interesting i've kind of been noticing that it's what do, what do you think's the reason? Does it make you seem more casual to kind of go by your first name as opposed to your go by your last name? I think it's relatable because I think that if I'm sitting here, like, okay, honestly, let, let let's uh, let's just play a, a hypothesis. If right now you told me, hey man, in a couple hours, uh, Barack Obama is going to come to your house. I'd be nervous and panicked. I'd be like, holy shit. 44th president of the United States, Barack Obama, is coming to my house. I want to smoke a joint with Barack Obama. Like, that's going to be awesome. Then if you were to tell me, hey, man, Bernie is going to swing by. Okay, fucking cool. Have him over. I'm excited. I'll cook dinner for Bernie. Like, I'm not nervous at all. Like I'm excited. You wouldn't cook dinner for Barack Obama. No. It's not that I don't. It's not that I wouldn't cook dinner for Barack Obama, but his there, there's name more... holds a weight. Barack Obama. Right. It kicks you right. in the nuts, and you don't. Nobody calls him Donald Trump. It's Trump. It's Trump. 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 Right. Trump. Trump. It's all we hear. Trump. 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 Right. And it's and interesting. Barack Obama was for the most part referred to as Barack Obama. He's never like just. They never call him just Barack or. Obama a little bit, but I feel like for the most part, people just used his full name. Yeah. Like, and if you were a real racist, you went Barack Hussein Obama. Yeah. Jesus. Just. Yeah, it's really interesting that um, I don't know. Actually, I don't even know this. Is Bernie's first name 
a short name? Like, is he a Bernard that goes by Bernie, or is it just legally Bernie? He is Bernard Sanders. That is such an old Jewish name. It's awesome. I dig it, though. It's awesome. I still don't understand how somebody who can raise that kind of money that he's been raising and actually has been campaigning for himself gets uh, swept up in all these elections like he has been. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up to me. I think there's some strange thing afoot. Not to say that, listen, if it comes out and it's like, oh, Joe Biden won fair and square and sure, and people are like, we just wanted Joe Moore. Okay, I'll shut the fuck up about it. But when I'm seeing every single person online tonight go, what is happening? This doesn't make sense. How is this happening? Those are the questions that stultify me and have me a little bit stunned right now in our current political climate. Because, like, what are the Democrats doing here? What's 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 the real end game here? They didn't want Bernie in 2016 as we pushed back against it. And in a lot of ways, he got screwed by the DNC then as well. And now they say they don't want him in 2020, and it's why, because the status quo, because they want things to stay the way they are. But we see that the status quo isn't even working because Trump took that away. The Republicans did the shit first. If we were just more progressive, if we would have just put Bernie in, let's say when Bernie, uh, when uh, Barack Obama was running, if we would have put Bernie in that place, if Bernie would have ran for president in 2008 and won, okay? Just fantasy, Mm -hmm. fantasy land here. And he would have been like, healthcare for all, all this progressive, progressive progress change, moving forward to better our country, to better the nation, everybody working to coalesce together to create a better environment for everybody. And I don't just mean like the ecosystem. I mean an overall environment with the world, with the energy we share between people. Mm-hmm. We would never have gotten Trump because we would have seen somebody actually – do the things the way he wants them done. He would not have been, no offense, an African-American man. That's why a lot of the Trump effect happened is because this very racist America that we still live in was not accepting of a black man being president, even though he was voted in and had one of the highest popular votes of all time. Uh, right, right. Uh, yeah, I know my facts, motherfucker. Some people are like, how does he know this? Oh, I know this. Um, Nate? Is what you call a learned person. I try. I try really hard yeah. to at least have an idea no. because I feel – I honestly feel like – You want to – You want, Go ahead. Yeah, I understand. You want to be an informed person. You want to make sure you're making the best – you're not falling into the kind of – what you can usually fall into. Like you're not one of the people who's like just taking someone what they say at face value. You're like, hold on a second. I need to, I need to do my research on this. I need to, I need to follow this rabbit hole you're coming from. Okay, I'll give you... A- You're not falling in the line with people that are saying, like, Bernie Sanders must be stopped. What can we do to stop the train that is Bernie Sanders? Remember, that was that was everything we heard before Super Tuesday. Yep. Which is obnoxious. The media should not be picking sides. The media should cover, hey, this is what's happening. The media, should, is- be, the media should be impartial. We need the media of, like, the 50s, before the 24-hour news cycle, where they needed zesty headlines and coverage all the time just tell me the facts and get out of my way you know you talked about a rabbit hole and being sent down one and i'll I'll share this little story with you and your listeners real quick here uh so i had been privy to this thing apparently bernie sanders there's a video of him in russia in the 80s like shirtless do you know about this didn't I? I remember saying, did he? Didn't he like honeymoon in Russia or something uh, weird like that? And that's that? also true. Yeah, he 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 and his wife Jane honeymooned in Russia. Here's what they don't tell you though. 
Do you know when all that happened? No. At the f- we said the 80s, but... Yeah, at the fall of the Soviet Union. At the end... So it was just the first time people could go there, and he was just seeing a place that, before that point, no one really could go see. Beyond that, dude, because he was already in politics, he went as kind of, not really like an official ambassador, but he was like an like like extending the hand, like, America's cool that this is what's happening. Gorbachev tore the wall down, like, we're doing things the right way, like, you know... Not Gorbachev. Was he... What was he? What was he doing? Was he still? Was he still? No, he was beyond mayor at the eighties. Was he a state rep at that point? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Um, I, I don't. I don't know his full. I know he was. He was mayor. But I don't know what he did after that. Before he. Be, before we became Senator Sanders. Gortwin Gorbachev. Tear down the wall, because that's what I need to see. Tear down the wall. That was 87. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's Berlin. That's wrong leader. Fuck me. See, this is what happens. So Sometimes to, I get my names all messed up here. You went to Mr. Gorbachev and the Berlin Wall and not the fall of the Soviet Union. The Iron Curtain. Yeah, that was 91. Wrong structure. 91. It was the, the dissolution of the Soviet Union was in '91, so that was a, around the time that Bernie had went late '80s, early '90s, and they were in the process of doing that at the end of the Cold War there. So, uh, it just seemed to me from the video that he was peaceful. It was a a little gathering with some people, and it was like all, everybody was topless, like even the ladies were, but they, they were covered up in some form or fashion. You you weren't like it wasn't like it was the. It was the 80s slash 90s. Yeah, it wasn't, like, pornographically done, though. It was just them sitting around a fucking table just liberated. And uh, I think that it's good of someone like Bernie to say, I've been to all different countries and I've experienced all different cultures. And I can tell you what other people are thinking. And I can tell you from perspectives of people in other countries what their fears and concerns are. Because... One thing America really struggles with, and sure, Biden says, I can get it done and work with other countries. Sure, you can say that until the cows come home. We need to all be shored up together and be on the same page as a world. Because stuff is really falling off the rails right now, and, and it's bad. And I feel like you know, there's a great misconception. It's like I saw something about some video talking shit on uh what it's like living in i don't know if it was saudi arabia or iraq or iran or something like that and it was like you know a a chicken shack and all this shit and then like some people on the internet were like no here's what it really looks like to live in these countries and it was like us it was like normal people like me just living their lives and having the same fears and concerns that their government is fucking up and making terrible mistakes and that resonated with me like oh man we all as a human race need to be on the same page because really time is running out. The fucking ice caps are melting at an insane rate. We lost 60% of the Northern ice cap this past year, I think is what they said or some shit like that. Uh, It was warmer. It was warmer there this year than it was in. Yeah. it, It crazy temperature things were broken this year and it's, Things that were thawed that have never been thawed before. So it's land that hasn't been seen in millennia. It's, like, it's dangerous. We're in a dangerous time right now, bro. 
So, and that's where coronavirus came from. The end. But there is that. There's. Have you heard that rumor that coronavirus is act was a uh, was created in a lab? Like it wasn't something that just developed. It was someone that someone something created that kind of got out. Not a rumor. Okay, so let's dive into this really quickly. Not a rumor at all. First of all, regular human coronavirus. Okay exists mm-hmm. if you go on your lysol that you've had for the past five years your lysol wipes it says that it kills human coronavirus it's not a big deal human coronavirus is like cheap the flu okay it's just a form of the flu however novel coronavirus the thing that is sweeping and is this new epidemic was in fact created by a lab uh, no one really knows why there were there are already people that have been charged with the crime of creating it because it apparently you know got out and we had this whole problem. Here's the creepier part, and this is not a lie. You can look this shit up. Where the coronavirus was created was in a lab. That lab's logo is what? An umbrella. A white and instead of red, blue umbrella and i don't know ap if directly your little sensors are going off oh i know what nate means by umbrella that's so obvious for those of you less understanding too the umbrella corporation resident evil where the t-virus was created huh (laughs) we're all gonna die (laughs) we're all gonna die is right bro but the but that's real. Yeah, the coronavirus, I, I do believe if what I read was accurate, and I can even Google search that shit right now just to be safe, but I'm pretty sure created in a lab. Let's see. Was novel coronavirus. While you're looking that up, I'm on, a, I'm on Bernie Sanders' Wikipedia page, and the picture from him from 91... He looks about the same now. Like, he he's had white hair for, like, 40 years. Yes, he has. Like, the only thing, like, his hairline's gotten a little bit shorter, but for the most part, he looks about the same. And I loved, I, I stumbled upon the fact that, like, he when he was mayor of Vermont, he had essentially, like, a public access show, which is great, because he just, like, was a very, uh, like, talkative guy, and he would just go and talk to, like, the community and it's just it's hilarious it's not really hilarious but it's just interesting content because he was talking pretty big scale even while he was just the mayor of a relatively small town in vermont i'm telling you he's had the same ideas the whole time that's why he really resonates with me you know he was Mm -hmm. thinking this progressive way back then that we needed to be like this way back then think of the changes that we would have incurred as a nation if way back in the 70s and 80s his ideas were put into place we would have a much right. stronger, safer, together nation. We would all be, you know, picking each other up instead of, you know, putting each other down. There's there's so much dissent and dissolution. That's why we need somebody like Bernie to truly unite us. It's not, you know, Joe Biden is only going to further divide this country if he wins the presidency, too, because you're going to have the Trumpers. Like I said, it's already put into play that, that Biden is bad. They've already tainted that meat before he even got the presidency just with what happened and leading to impeachment. Uh, right. All in all, I did learn that coronavirus was not created in a lab. At least it was there. There's no credible evidence to to officially, but, officially confirm that. It was more of a, 
a theory that some people had, I guess, that just hit some major sites, uh, and, you know, they all updated their thing to say, no, we've been, we've been mistaken. So that's good. It's, it's, uh, that's not, they didn't really create that to kill us all. Mm-hmm. But human coronavirus, like I said, that shit's existed for a long time, so that's not, you know, any big surprise. Right. I don't know where novel coronavirus came from, if it was the radiation in Japan or what, I'm not sure. Right. Have you seen, you probably see it too, because we, not that we have similar friends, but we're from a, a similar area growing up. The amount of people that are saying the coronavirus is a political stunt, like they're, they put like the post above like, oh, we had SARS and we had swine flu and we had all this. This is just the next in a series of things to further cause rifts around election time or something. Yeah, except for, Have you seen those? Yeah, except for go back and look, and a lot of those dates don't line up with when a lot of those uh, illnesses and viruses broke out around, around the world. Sure, right. it fits the narrative that they right. want to tell, and I get that the, sometimes in election year, sure, yeah, you do end up getting crazy, Ill- but this shit happens because we're a planet, and we're not, we're, we're literally like the birds and we're like the bees and we're like the deer and the elk we can go oh, extinct heard... man no i'm not I giving you the sex talk song. no they're gonna do that like the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees song and i was like oh nate you're not gonna just bust into this. Like, no i would oh, not do that song today oh gosh but um yeah i and the thing is like it's just showing more the fact that we are one planet instead of just separate countries this is affecting a lot of countries equally like there's not really a free continent at this point that's not being affected yeah it's like oh everybody go to uh go to brazil because brazil nothing's happening there everything's cool right it's like there are outbreaks on every continent at this point dude yeah one thing that really uh well it's just trump being trump but when Trump didn't want to let that one cruise ship, uh, dis like, let all their people come off, disembark off the because he said it would add to their their number of cases. And I'm like, they're all, they're U.S. citizens on a in U.S. waters. They're still they're still counted. Just they've already been accounted weird, for, bro. He has a weird he has such a weird thing with numbers. Like when it turns of like things that are happening and how and rankings and stuff like that, he has a weird obsession with all of that. So he just seems like. Low number, good. Big number, good. Have you seen our numbers? The numbers we have, they're the biggest numbers. The numbers are huge. They're the best numbers. All the numbers, every number, one through nine, in order, like you do, plus zero, somewhere at the end. Right. Every number. I I love the whole thing. Well, not that it's great, but with what's going on with the stock market and stuff right now, but how, like... Trump has said, like, regardless when the stock market falls this much, the Trump, like, the president should have this, this happen. It's all these, like, old tweets from when he wasn't president. It's like, oh, there's always a God, for everything, past. For everything he's ever tweeted negatively about the presidency, he has done exactly, like, you said that, like, he said that if ever the, the stock exchange fell more than a thousand points in a day, the president should be loaded into and shot it off in a cannon. Yeah, and I haven't seen a cannon yet, and it's happened a couple times recently. It dropped more than a thousand points. Bring me a cannon. It, I mean, hoping it rebounds, but because that's that's very sad for people who 
have like 401ks and have stocks and all that stuff. It's not great. Not great. But it's all going to rebound well before anyone who probably retires. So let's hope. We're all still young. If not, coronavirus might kill us. Who knows? Well, not us. The world is a scary. The world is a sad, scary place. Sometimes. We will survive the coronavirus, but at some point when we're older, there'll be some other virus, and we might not survive that one. Right. Well, sorry. I, I kind of want to circle back to this whole people thinking the coronavirus is a little thing. Most likely, the people are going to be affected are people that predominantly vote Republican anyway. Because it targets mainly older people with upper respiratory problems, and most older people vote Republican. That's just kind of how it how it goes. Hmm. This is the universe's cleansing right before a vote. Hmm. Yeah. And I think, and I, I I'm sorry we haven't seen it much yet, and it might happen later in the. We could see people. Well, I wouldn't be sorry if Trump threatens to shut down polling places because of coronavirus. Could to further suppress votes. I mean, that's... he could easily do it. Especially if a state's already declared a state of emergency, like we saw with, uh, what state just did that? Was it, was it Idaho? No. Some state. Minnesota, so like, I, I know do believe. Biden, okay, because I know uh, Bernie and, uh, and Biden had canceled their stops there today because of the what was going on. Oh well, then it, I'm not sure where that would be. I don't. It was one. I think it was one of the states today. Was it? Was it Michigan? Missouri, maybe. I don't know. Um, you called me learned, and now I feel dumb. Yeah, it's you see so much. We're so just full of information. Um, let me look really quick. Sure. Uh, where did it, where was it? Oh, Cleveland. It was Ohio. Oh, great. <laughs> like, that state's not important in the overall scheme of things, right? Yeah. No, no one needs Ohio to win the election, right? That's... I mean, it's only, like, the second most important swing state, right? Right. Oops. I almost just wish we could just get rid of both parties and just let candidates run their own platform without being tied to a civic party and let people vote based on that. Well, if we changed our constitution like I think we should, that could be a thing. Why are we letting our entire current world be navigated by a piece of paper from 1770 fucking 6, bro? Explain that shit to me. It doesn't make sense. Like, right. some I mean, things have been amended to be with the times. Other things have just been left, like the Second Amendment, to become this glaring fucking what the fuck. That now we don't know what to do with it. Now you're going to piss a bunch right. of people off one way, or you're going to piss a bunch of people off the other way. Either way, all your citizens are going to be shot and killed in the fucking streets. Because that's what's going to happen. Because that's how the world fucking works and sucks. So much dick. And I wish we had a solution. Right. Ah, I wish I could find that one thing. Um, there was something I heard. I can't know if it was a comedian or someone who was talking about, because um, it was relation to like the to religion. Um, if I if I remember it later, I'll circle back to it. But how 
I'm going to go religious just to kind of go there really quick is that even though people who are religious view like the Bible is gospel, a lot of it is just more moral. Sorry, my bird is going crazy. But uh, he's, uh, it's there more as like a foundation. I think that's really what the Constitution needs to become. It shouldn't become doctrine, it should become a basis. Like we need to be able to, it needs to evolve as the world's become a lot more complicated than it has in the past few hundred years. I absolutely a thousand percent. But people, but there's so much body power in people who want certain things to stick around that they don't want to amend it further. And I don't think, I don't know if it should be, I don't know. Can you make a new amendment that just says the, that basically makes the constitution more optional? Or is able to a one sweeping amendment that just sets a new standard? I don't know. It's tricky, and people. I think you just have to draft up a new document, bro. Like, listen, I get it, I understand, but 1776. Think about that. I want you right now to think about how many people you know that lived in 1776 personally. How many of your family members do you know personally that lived in 1776 AP? Definitely not here. None, right? We did not come over till much after. <laughs> Correct. Okay. So, okay. So then, seventeen. Well, and that was back when there was only thirteen colonies. It was mainly the East Coast. There wasn't as it wasn't as diverse. Definitely back then, there was a lot of. Now you're picking it up. A lot of a lot of Protestant pilgrims. Not really, but it's a lot, it was a lot of predominantly Christian Protestants that just wanted out of British rule, and then. And we actually, also we've seen like the Bill of Rights and everything that has come since then and all those amendments, but people have been very apprehensive changes. The same reason they're not going to vote to give themselves a pay cut when they can give themselves a pay raise and everyone will be like, oh yeah, I'll vote for more money. Like, there's no one, there's, no one has an incentive to change the Constitution completely. Everyone will view it as political suicide because that's how they're thinking. Well, then I think us as a nation is broken if we can't accept that at some they point just need we to put need it, change. Like real change, it, not They dry. need to put it to a vote. Make it a make it a big ballot measure. Do you think the Constitution should be changed? Actually, that a lot of people would probably vote no. Yeah, it, it would That's be hard. It's, see, it's because why would people vote no, AP? It's not because they all believe in everything the fucking Constitution says. It's because they're like stuck. Like a certain amendment. <laughs> in, no, it's because they're stuck in tradition. They think right. it's oh, it's heritage. We have to keep our heritage. Can't change the heritage. It's like no. Look at all the greatest, most modern countries. They looked at what they used to do and said, "We got to get with the fucking times, man." Right. And I, yeah. I don't know. We we got to figure out a system to. There has. There's got to be a next step. It's either got to, we just need to change. We should, I also think that we should get rid of the whole simple majority thing. I think it should be a two-thirds majority for passing anything. Like, you shouldn't need 51 votes to get something passed. And it should be, if you can't get two-thirds of the people to commit to something, it shouldn't happen. Or, you know what I think instead of that? Every bill that gets brought up to the House and the Senate floor... Every bill has to have uh, been worked on by both parties, if it's a two-party system still. 
as, right. I, I as think in that's, one representative from each. Okay, someone wants to draft this bill. Go find someone on the other side of the aisle that you can express your idea to that's going to support you. And if you can get one of those people, you both can come together to bring a bill to the floor that we can now vote on that has support from both sides. Right. And I think when we when that has happened in the past, I think those bills do much better because it's already been it's already been evened out. It's already been not really compromised on, but it's already they've already found common ground to move this forward. When you always have and I also don't like how much stuff is inserted into bills that have nothing to do with what the bill is about. Yeah. That's that's just political gaming at, at that point. It's like, well, I'll vote for this bill if you add this little subsection that says I can spend four hundred million dollars on a wall. Yeah, I agree with that whole adding that yeah, foreign billing really just kind of pisses me off. It's like, oh, I'm just going to modify this bill just to suit every little need I have. It, I, I don't know how to react to that. It just seems stupid that they have to compromise by adding something different. Like, well, my, my district needs a new swimming pool. Like, that has nothing to do with this healthcare bill. Why does this need to be in here? Like, get your head out of your ass, really. Silly, man. Like, why? The whole thing. The game is broken. That's why. Right, and it's always it's always like the states that are the, like the votes they need are the ones that are the holdouts, the ones that get all the extra stuff added. It's like we saw that. Um, I'm trying to think of a good, I can't think of a good recent vote. It's getting a little late over here. Um, but yeah, you'll see like the ones that are like the holdouts are always like, well, I'll do it, but you need to do this, this, and this, and they're like, fine, we'll do it for your vote. It's like. Have some conviction there. You're you're representing a specific district. You're not representing your own self interest. I don't know. That's one thing I've always hated about that political system, which is why, like, even though it'd be interesting to be a part of, I don't think I could handle all of the the backroom dealings that go along with the the federal government. It's a lot, my friend. It's uh, it's what's wrong with our country. You know, there's so much. Oh, we can just do these deals off the books and the American people don't need to know about it. And I think that if politics was transparent and we all had, like, we shouldn't be putting in silly rules to fuck with people and gerrymander and stuff. We should be taking things seriously and trying to fix our entire country. Right. Looking at it and being like, you know what? The 500,000 fucking 1.5 million homeless people, not acceptable. The fact there are children that are homeless, not acceptable. The fact that right. we have houses that are rotting, that do nothing, not acceptable. The fact that there are these big-ass, humongous, you know, uh, structures that used to be malls and shit that are just empty doing nothing, that are just sitting there, and, and no one is inhabiting them, is unacceptable. There are ways we can solve all of our problems if we just put the goal on solving all the actual fucking problems and all this arbitrary goofy shit that's the thing that's unfortunate there's too much goofy shit there's too much right. oh well i'm a republican so i have to stand for this bullshit right and i have to whip my mm-hmm. dick out like this and posture for fox news and whatnot and then it's here i'm the democrat watch me do the exact same thing the republicans are doing but on msnbc and for my cause instead and it's like that's right. why I'm so for Bernie, because he's not about either of those things. He's like, I'm not playing your games. I'm not talking shit on my opponents. I'm focusing on the facts. I'm going to focus on the records. I want change. Here's how we accomplish it. What do we need to do to get there? This is my plan. Right. That's what politicians should be. Yeah. It's just like when I look at the fact that, 
if like Bloomberg really wanted to affect change, he could have spent the half a billion dollars he spent on his campaign and actually changed a lot of people's lives. And wasn't it like he could have funded the. Uh, he could have basically given, basically taken care of every homeless person. Yeah, hundred percent. And could have made a lasting like, if Michael Bloomberg just said, "I, I'm donating five hundred million dollars to help like rehabilitate homeless people." He would have had his things named after him for the rest of his life. He would have had a legacy that he wanted, but he chose to make it a an ego trip, but try to be the next... Just see if he could buy the election, just to see if what Trump did is possible on the Democratic side. But you can't redistribute wealth from the wealthy to the poor, man. That's a socialist idea. See, that's the problem. Right. All these labels, all these titles, all these names is why we can't get shit done. Right. People need to people get so hung up on titles and I really it really doesn't matter. Like people like the political titles that were been associated might as well bring back the Whig Party. Like these what they were and what they represent are constantly changing. Like we just don't we're just using the names just because at this point people always go back well lincoln was republican yeah when he was a republican the republicans were the democrats the democrats were the republicans that's how messed up it is is that it's a name that can float back and forth it has no specific meaning behind it it literally just means our party affiliates with these ideologies we are what we're going to call democrats that's why I don't know what's going to happen if Bernie doesn't get it, man, honestly. I will say, just to update the listeners on the uh, up-to-the-minute projections here, still a tight race in Washington. Bernie's pulled ahead now by 0.2%. Uh, Idaho got really interesting. For a while there, I was fairly certain Biden was a lock to take Idaho. Uh, by the time people are listening to this, I'm going to go out on a limb and say... It could be possible Sanders pulls out a victory as he erased a like 13 point deficit is down to a 4.2 percent deficit with 63 of the vote in 63 percent of the vote in North Dakota going to Bernie Sanders as of right now that's not official only 32 percent of the vote in but he has a very large lead of course just like I said Biden had a very sizable lead in Idaho that got wiped away very swiftly as well so we're just gonna have to keep kind of keep our eye on this. I will say it's also very odd and interesting that any of these uh, polls that or any of these races that Sanders looks to win are going to be projected in the dead of night. Right. It's it's very interesting how... I mean, I, I really don't know why we sh- they really shouldn't even report until 100% of reporting. I never understood it's like, with 2% reporting, it looks like he is going to win. I'm like, it's 2%. What does the 90 other percent say? Like, that still annoys me. It's like, with 0% reporting, we're, we're thinking he's going to win. I'm like, it, it's, no. Don't, I don't get it. It doesn't work that way, Jack. Can you just say, with 100%, this is the definite answer. Every vote has been counted. This is the winner. Like, okay, got it. Thanks for letting me know. I can't imagine how it used to be. Like, you ever, like, back, um... Before, like, technology was cold, people were writing, like, vote tallies on a chalkboard and being on the phone with every district getting totals. Like, it took a week to get results at that time. Like, that was insane. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that I'd rather it take longer and us have a real clear picture of, you know, what's to come than it be, ooh, well, right now this person's technically going to be projected to win. Oh, but then this person has been projected to win. But now this person is projected. I don't want your projections, man. I just want to know the facts. Yeah, you should never make a big sign with a picture in their name saying projected winner. Either they are or they're not. You can't just say, it looks likely. It's just like saying, I want to flip this coin in. Likely it's going to be heads. Like, I don't I don't know. Like, it, it's, it's one that just annoys me about, it, it has to be this big production. I think half it's just for views, essentially. I have an interesting thing the, I just noticed. They're like being shock YouTubers. Like, it's just like, let me let me watch this. Let's get you to tune into the station. No, it should just be. This is the results. Here's an interesting thought. I don't. I can't for some reason see what 2016 looked like. But I'm looking at. Oh, maybe I can't. Look at the the look at the Democratic delegate map for 2016. Yeah, because interesting to note that Bernie. I think still got about the same goddamn amount of votes as he did in 2016 in Michigan. Like half a million votes, 525,000 some odd votes. Okay. And he beat Hillary, right? And Hillary had less votes. Okay. Biden got 700,000 votes according to this. That's fucking crazy, man. Again, I'm just going to say it. Something seems weird. It just doesn't. Like, I'll, I accept it for what it is, but at the same time, you got to look at the thing and just kind of think, this doesn't, it's a little bizarre to me. Right, I, I, and I'll, I don't get it. And then right now, let's see, we have a differential of 134 is the total delegate difference between Biden and Bernie. How's that for up the, the fucking minute details on this yeah, shit? Yeah, that is... That is precise, and that is at 11.30 p.m. Central Time. Like, that is on it. Trying my best. <laughs> Did you... I, I don't know why I keep circling back to this thing you said. Have you heard that some people are converting, um, like, old shopping malls into apartments? That's cool. Like, they'll just turn, like, storefronts. Like, they can split a storefront essentially into, like, a... Either I don't know if it's an individual apartment or they can split into two. They just have to like add the plumbing and then they're just making like the big like center spaces like more like courtyards and stuff or doing what they can there. But it's like utilizing malls which are essentially a lot of dead real estate because stores in general are all faltering. Super smart, bro. It's a smart idea. I, I, I really there should be the amount of decrepit buildings and then the amount of people that don't have a place to stay, just you could solve that problem. Just put put the people who don't have a place in a place that doesn't have people. <laughs> Look at you. Know. It's modern problems require modern solutions, bro. Yeah, I know a lot of it just need like fixed up and stuff, but get the homeless people to help do it. Most of them are handy and they could probably like hey if you fix this up you just can have it. It's like when people are making like those tiny houses for homeless people. Yeah. Like, hey, it's it's a little small. It's a 
only a couple hundred square feet, but it's better than this street corner or this under the under the road. Like it, it's better. Like I when I was in um, when I was in Austin, the amount of homeless people I saw was just astounding. It was just ridiculous to see. Like this is like a whole community of like tents and tarps and stuff. I'm like, how can this be okay? And I know it's because it's a warmer climate. Like you don't see a lot of the homeless people that live in Chicago. You know, there are a lot because it's cool. A lot of them migrate kind of. And if they that South Park episode where they're all moving West. Yeah. And if they don't migrate, they, uh, they usually don't make it through a Chicago winter. Right. I mean, especially like the winter, not so much this year. This year was actually surprisingly mild compared, for what people thought it was going to do. Last year was ridiculous, minus 44, if you'll remember. Yeah, that's when, like, Chicago, like the city of Chicago essentially froze. Like, it was colder in Chicago than it was, like, in Antarctica at the time. I was like, yeah, we're... <laughs> we're all going to die! I feel like Ned leads in uh, Infinity War when Peter's, like, creating yeah. distraction. He's like, holy shit, we're all going to die! Yeah, basically. I... Uh, I I just want to watch a Marvel movie. Do it, bro. Did you watch Black Widow? Did not to change topic too much. Did I see the trailer for Black Widow? Yeah. Yeah, I watched the that one. final trailer. Hell yeah, I saw that final trailer looking dope. I'm just, I, I, I it's my happy place. I just, <laughs> I'm telling I you, need, need that good Marvel in our lives. I just, I just need, I just that's why I just like movies because it's an escape and the fact that at least they they're. It's a sense of escapism is sometimes what we need is to kind of like clear our head from all this chaos and negativity. Like you can't even escape to Facebook and social media anymore because it's just as bad as everything else. Well, I think now I think now people use social media even more to like push the agenda of change for the good or the worse, honestly. And it's just like the amount of just like I feel like Facebook has become like the social activism page. As well as Twitter, where it's just like, I believe in this thing, ah, and you believe in this thing, boo, and I'm going to fucking share this thing, yay, and you're all going to like it, wee. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely, I mean, I saw how bad it was in 2016 with people sharing, and then 2020 is being just as bad, but I just saw something that you'll get a real kick out of. It's it's from a, like a fake website, but it's a next democratic debate to feature hot questions and even hotter wings i saw that i lauren shared that earlier i laughed so fucking hard that would i'm kind of surprised that bernie i feel like bernie would actually do that in real life i saw the fucking uh one of those hard times articles and it was like joe biden drops out of presidential race endorses joe biden (laughs) i saw that one too that And it kind of it, it makes light of the fact that he's said weird things and like the fact there's that edited thing that like where he endorsed Donald Trump or something. What? But it was just like a weird thing they took out of context. Oh. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't buy any of that. I knew that. I knew that right away. I'm like, well, this is clearly something that is being just. But Donald Trump retweeted it because he'll he'll retweet anything that he thinks makes him look good. Like, like the one that made him seem like uh like Nero when was it when uh was Nero Greece or Rome? Was it Greece? The the king that like as the world as it all was burning, he was just like 
enjoying life and luxury and how like while the world is in chaos donald trump is playing golf and his wife is building a tennis court in the backyard yeah uh, like, uh oh damn it i was i had something to add to that too shit the fact, oh i think it's kind of funny though they're building it over the basketball court it's like a subtle like f you to barack obama Ugh. I, I just but I don't think I've ever seen either of them play tennis. I think they're just doing it to do it. It's a spike court, bro. I don't know. It's just the pettiness of politics is just beyond me. Yeah, I, I uh Oh, I before go go ahead and finish your thoughts, sorry. I just trailed off, honestly. I don't know if I even have a thought, my friend. Yeah, there was one thing I saw um, that I don't think it'd ever be done because as it will just count ballots now, to do it this way would be obnoxious and it would take weeks. Is that to elect the president on a preferential ballot like they do the Oscars? So you number your, like, if, in the terms of the Democrat or like the primaries. Ooh, that so you could number be your candidates, like, one through, th- and then, like, the same thing as. The person with the lowest points drops out, and then their votes, whoever they had, those get redistributed. So it's like, oh, you may have liked Amy Klobuchar, but she had, she was the lowest. So who was your second person? Oh, it was Bernie Sanders. So Bernie Sanders get that gets those votes, and then it just goes down until there's one person gets the total number of delegates needed to win. Dude, it sounds great. I vote for. So it's not actually the person who had the most, but it's the person who was most liked telling y'all poor phillips 2024 coming at y'all live we're old enough for 2028 i can't remember which one we decided on yeah what what either one if we're still here whichever one the world's still standing yeah i'll say if we're here in 2028 that one yeah let's just let's look at actually how difficult it is to to do it and just just create like start a presidential campaign just for fun and see how far we can get. Knowing our luck, we'd actually do pretty well. <laughs> yeah, and then we'd be like, oh shit, now they're going to look into my history. Oh god. Uh, run away. On this podcast from March of 2020, you said this. Oh god. Uh, Fuck, I knew that would come uh, back to haunt me. Yeah, I have a feeling, I have a feeling in the future, podcasts are going to come back. Like, you did a podcast about food in the Mid two twenty tens, where you said this, I'm like, I was a child back then. Why are you saying? Don't judge like, and everyone us. who's made. All the people who have like, it's hard to hide, like people now to hide like their back. Like everything's so public now, it's gonna be like. People's like you shared this post. I'm like, yeah, in my twenties. Why does it matter? Well, you shared it, and we're gonna talk about it because we're the media. I'm like, oh, oh no. And so if you don't answer now. our questions, you're going to eat an even hotter wing. Fuck. <laughs> Actually, can, like, that just, can, he, can he moderate a debate? Oh, that would be awesome. A gen, just a, the general election. Get, get, Trump and, get Trump and Bernie or Biden up there and just have them eat wings. Or do like the... Isn't there like the game show version where it's like they have... Only They're not hot sitting down wings. like they're standing up. Yeah, and they're like the hottest fucking wings. And it's, I watched an episode, it, it was alright, I, I it was okay. That's I still like that, but I think if you had that, it's just like, you just gotta eat, 
answer your question. Try try to do your memorized stump speech while your mouth is on fire would be hilarious. It also I think would probably prove who has the who's the healthier candidate because if if you're already a little weak in any capacity, wings will just put you down for the count. Oh yeah, but, you know from experience. Oh my gosh. Try and be try and talk eloquently while your mouth is on fire. <laughs> like I just I don't even care. Why am I doing this to myself? Well, that that answers that question. I don't know. I think it would be fun. But I really think Bernie should do hot ones. If he can handle spice, I don't know. He can handle weed, that's for sure. What? Oh, no, he didn't do it. He didn't. Did Bernie smoke weed? I always think he did when he was on uh, Rogan. Oh, that would have been awesome. Telling you, Joe. Sure, he wanted to, but he wasn't sure I would play. He didn't want to get Elon Musk. Yeah, we saw how that affected his whole life. I don't think it really did. It it caused a. Did it cause like their stock to drop because? Yeah, of that? but it and went it, like, right back a up. A bunch of shareholders. Yeah, but it went right back up because it's fucking Tesla, bro, and Musk has all these goddamn great ideas and you're just like okay i mean he had a fundraiser where he basically gave you a flamethrower like he's crazy but he's also a genius yeah 100 <laughs> percent. like they're they'll put up with your with your bullshit as long as you make them money and have good ideas i still really wish that hyper thing he was working on had come more to fruition the what you know that like underground like hyper train system he was working on? It already exists, bro. They're working on it in California now. I thought it was. I thought it stalled out through like some other issues. Oh, I didn't hear about There's... that. I just know that they already had a, last year. They had a a prototype where they took people down under into it and showed showed. Right, you I knew how they it had worked. like a test set up, but I thought that like getting the massive scale they needed was becoming more difficult. Maybe I don't know. That would be nice because if we can get a if we can get faster ground based travel, it would help our overall fossil fuel usage. Yeah, my question is: if you're traveling underground and there's an earthquake, what happens? I don't think that's your problem anymore. Yeah, because you're fucking think, dead. Yeah, I think I think your that ship is it's no longer your problem. It's just whoever. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. But I think we should wrap this up. It is getting late, and I do have a nice early day tomorrow. Lovely, bro. Well, hey, man, I've had a blast. Oh, I, I, I always have a have a great time when we get to converse. I enjoyed playing a little devil's advocate. Just, I, I, it's always good just when you get a good, not necessarily a, a divided conversation, but when you're able to try and give different sides of the same of these points, it just it really makes for an even better conversation. Like if we're both equally minded it just becomes a lot of like yeah 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 it's it gets really monotonous but when you're actually able to stir a good conversation it makes it so much better so thank you really for being a part of this it made a great episode 60 you agree with me i agree with you i agree with me you agree with you okay cool great sounds great good <sighs> fuck you <laughs> sorry it's like that futron episode where it's uh um how the, they're the two candidates that are running are twins and they're just like have 99% of the same viewpoint. Oh, no. That's what... I think this has gone too far. It's like, I haven't think this has gone far enough. And that's their only distinguishing personality point. I'm like, oh, God. But they like look that's... identical. And like, I was like, uh, 
that's the future we're coming to. Uh, that'd be crazy uh, if there but, were twins running against each other in the future. It's a very Republican, some... like a very conservative and a very liberal. There, there are within families that is, that is a thing. But I feel like twins have a very similar upbringing, so they're less likely to be politically opposed. Unless one of them was the black sheep, and then of course, could be it's on. All right, yeah, bro. It's well, not like how you can you end up with like a um, someone like in a conservative family who like oh maybe they um, came out and were missed and like were well received by their family so they kind of branched off and became more liberal open minded but their family is still very conservative and very unclassy and all that and so you end up with that kind of thing I know that happens a lot. Yep, but it's very real. I don't know. Not to end on a really somber note. Uh, but yeah, womp I, womp. I, I know. But I am... I'm really curious to see how the rest of this shapes up. Once we get these final results, where they're next week. I'm really... I think... When... Do you know offhand when the debate is? I know it's like... Sunday. It's this Sunday? Yeah. This Sunday the 15th. Pretty sure. To nobody, because there's not going to be a crowd. Bloomberg's out of the race, so he can't make, he can't pay for people to go and cheer for him. Yeah, he still could. He'd he'd go out and support Biden, but I think he's done spending his money. Like this didn't work. I'm out. I'm I'm going to go Scrooge. I'm going to go Scrooge McDuckett now. All right. Well, I think that'll do it. I don't have anything else to add. Nice long episode, so I'm hoping every listener out there has gotten to this point, feels more informed for it. If your state hasn't voted yet, definitely go out and vote. If you haven't registered yet, I think you're kind of screwed at this point. Eh, some places you can still register, that... for sure. Right. But definitely, even if you can't vote in the primary, register to vote in the general because that's where it, that's where it, it really is necessary. That's also where there's a lot of things that are important to vote on beyond president as well. So definitely make sure your vote is counted because honestly, if you don't vote, you can't complain about the outcome. True to that, bro. Even if you feel disenfranchised, if you feel like it's not worth your trouble or my vote doesn't matter, like you're just by not even trying is you're, you're not even giving yourself the chance. It's like, it's just doubting yourself before you even try something. It's just like, ah, it's not worth it. Or, oh, I live in Illinois, and Illinois is a Democrat, so I'm not even going to bother voting. Like, that's how states switch. That's how that's how swing states come into existence, is there's enough people who are like, ah, it always goes this way, and then it doesn't. Uh, but definitely stay informed. Don't fall for media bias and all of that. Just, if you find a candidate that you like, that you're in strong support of, definitely stick by them. And once they're no longer the candidate, or once the... If it doesn't end up going your way, just figure out what you want to do next. Don't just say, well, because that person is in it, I'm no longer in it. Figure out who you can support that will push your personal agenda forward. Don't just stick the status quo. What AP said, a thousand percent. All right. With that, that will close out another episode of 4360. We'll be back in two weeks. 
And there'll be a lot more to say because we have the Illinois primary plus a bunch of other states plus a debate. There's going to be a lot to discuss. And hopefully we'll all still be alive and the coronavirus may slowly hit that that point where it just, it's done. There's no new cases. It just starts, we got to get ahead of this somehow. If every country in the world has this going on, there's got to be some scientists that are trying to fix it or stop it or reverse it or at least make sure that everyone has enough toilet paper and Purell to get through this. So confused. Corona do- so confused. Coronavirus doesn't make you shit. I don't know why people are buying so much toilet paper. It's confusing. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. I mean, all, I'm all for washing your hands. and Also, like how people are showing Darren's how to wash hands. I'm like, how many people aren't washing their hands now? Like, this is all kindergarten stuff. Wash your hands. Like, what are you doing? Just take a piss. Wash your uh, fucking hands. Nobody wants your wiener on the, your hand, on their hand after it's been on your hand after you shake their hand. That's weird, man. Yeah, and after you wash your hand, don't just grab the handle. Grab it with something or use your foot because more often than not, the person who used it before you did wash their hands and now you're just back to square one. Yep. Totally. Uh, germs. All right. Well, from the political sphere to the 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 sickness, we're gonna get down on one of them. So, four three sixty episode sixty. Hey, I like that. That'll do it. Thanks again, Nate. Thanks, bro. I appreciate you having me on. All right, you guys have a great couple weeks. 